Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. You guys have done a phenomenal job of supporting through season one and into season two, and I can't thank you enough. These first set of episodes are a little rough around the edges because I was still figuring out what the podcast was going to become. So if you haven't taken a listen to any of season two yet, I urge you to do that. But other than that, just strap in and enjoy the ride. We have had so much fun making this for you guys. Thank you so much. Hi guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobody's podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Gordon, also known as Story of Bob. Today's podcast, again, the conversation went way too long, so it's going to be another two-part episode. I talk with my friends Eli and Grace about their experience coming to town, being together as musicians, and how it differs being a female singer and a male sideman. So check it out. All right, guys, just uh, if you don't mind, give me the quick, like, splash page rundown of who you are. Uh, my name is Eli Simon. Um, I come from North Baltimore, Ohio, uh, which is near the Toledo, Ohio area. Um, I started playing drum set when I was 12 and started playing in bands when I was 14 and uh, just kind of been doing it ever since. Um, when I was uh, 24, I decided to go to school for music and uh, studied jazz at Bowling Green State University and uh, got to meet some amazing people there and started playing in a really amazing cover band in Toledo and um, yeah we moved here eight months ago so been in Nashville now for for eight months and just trying to find our footing you know normally I'd say that makes you a newbie but I guess in the current situation you guys are veterans already (laughs) We're, re- we're veterans, just not in the Nashville area. You know, it's not our first rodeo, but it's our first foray into this market. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, <clears throat> you talk to a lot of kids and, you know, we've even talked about it in the past, you know, where like a lot of a lot of kids move here, you know, when they're mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20, you know, and they uh, they learn how to play, you know, their first right. couple years. And uh, you're like learning how to play with a band and, and, and how that whole dynamic works. And um, yeah, moving here, you know, being in my late 20s moving here you know that was um and having experienced it for almost 15 years playing in bands and stuff like that prior to moving you know it um i don't know it kind of set set you set us up for yeah it's a different knowledge base to already have in your back pocket um okay uh my name is grace Heert. um i am from salina ohio originally i come from a family of musicians my everybody in my family sings plays instruments we're band nerds we're musical theater nerds we're choir nerds like i have seven siblings my parents do it like it's all of us so um i've wanted to be a singer since i knew what being a singer was you know i've been singing since i was like three or four years old um I went to Bowling Green State University, the same college Eli went to. Um, I studied classical singing, so I have a degree in opera performance with a minor in theater. Um, And once I got out of college, I was kind of floundering. I didn't really know what kind of singing I wanted to do because my background in singing is so diverse and I have such a love for all sorts of styles. So, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like which poison do I want to take? You know, as long as I'm singing, I'm happy, but I didn't really know what route I was going to go with it. Um, And then I started seeing Eli and he was playing in a cover band and, you know, there was an opportunity to, cause they needed a fill in one night cause one of the members couldn't make it. And 
So, you know, did some trial stuff with them and ended up, you know, the, the groove was good. So I'm really fortunate to have had that experience because I had to learn how to be in a band because that was a totally different experience. You know, when you're singing classical music, it's on paper and it's rehearse, 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 do like one performance, right? So jumping into a band situation, it's, it's just a totally different dynamic. So there was definitely a learning curve for me. I definitely felt like a fish out of water the first few months of singing with that band. I felt like a deer in the headlights for every gig. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just like watching the, um, the rhythm guitar player, like kind of the band leader, she is really good at directing. So she kind of like took me under her wing and like helped me as much as she could. But that was definitely, I'm really fortunate to have had that experience before jumping into Nashville. Um, and I just kind of ended up in Nashville because when we started getting more serious, you know, Eli had always wanted to live in Nashville. And he told me, you know, if we're going to see each other, like, this is my plan. So you can come with me or you can stay, but this is what I'm doing. And I didn't have any reason not to go. You know, I was looking for a change of pace. I didn't have any reason to stay there, really. So um, so here I am. So, <laughs> And now I'm still trying to figure out, like, what again what route of music I want to go you know what kind of style do I really want to sing what kind of original music do I want to write for myself so you know I'm still learning I'm still growing I'm still figuring it out I think that's all of us yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so so you guys did you meet first or were you playing together first we met first um my best friend is now engaged to his brother so she started dating him and that's kind of how we had already met like we knew each other from the bar that we all used to hang out at um but them dating you know put us together and you know we hit it off so yeah yeah there was uh definitely when we first started hanging out i remember my brother's fiance renee saying (laughs) <laughs> please don't hook up with my friend <laughs> <laughs> jokes on her <laughs> and, uh yeah and then we had an extra ticket to cedar point and i didn't have anyone to go with and and uh grace uh grace was available to come with us that day and um we asked her to go and yeah the rest is kind of history at that history, point yeah. um we were seeing each other for a little bit when we had that um kind of had a, a thing pop up with the the band that I was playing at the time that mm-hmm. she joined um again great cover band in Toledo Ohio the Amelia Earhart's if anyone wants to check them out shout out yeah a <laughs> great band um but I had been playing with them for about a year and we'd been seeing each other for a little bit and we'd known each other for a couple of years and um we met at a karaoke bar so yeah, you know he had Green. been listening to me saying he was and already it, a fan well it's, it's funny because you go to you know you go to karaoke bars and and it's awful it's usually it's awful, awful. Yeah. there might be like one person that comes up occasionally that you're like oh that wasn't terrible right you there know? were actually some pretty good singers at that bar let's not you know there were some pretty good singers at that bar yes but it was always uh it was always the thing where where you would where she would go up and sing and it was just like it floored people like absolutely floored people and you just you could hear it and you were just like what in the fuck is she doing here are we allowed to curse do you care yeah no, okay, okay fine. Cool. <laughs> i mean I remember, that's good i curse like a sailor <laughs> I, I remember just asking myself that question though every single weekend i would go to the bar and i'd hear her sing and i'm just like why are you here singing for free for a bunch of fucking drunk people <laughs> and like what do you like you should get paid to sing for a bunch of drunk people yeah and so when we we ran into that situation where we needed a singer and 
I actually wasn't even the one who thought about it because she wasn't singing in any bands or mm-hmm. anything. Because so I had never done anything like that. That was totally outside my realm of knowledge. You know, I didn't even think about singing in a cover band, really. I, you know, I was a classical musician. I didn't know. Like, Yeah. And so my brother was filling in on guitar for that gig uh, that we did because the band leader who also played guitar and sang some vocals well, was the lead, yeah, was was the lead singer the at the time. Um, she she had something come up and she couldn't make it and it was our first like gig at this bar and mm-hmm. we were like we'd been mm-hmm. trying to get into it, and we were like we can't can this thing yeah and so i like i was searching and searching and searching and my brother and i were sitting around one night and just drinking some beers and he looks at me and he goes why don't you just ask grace to do it and i was like holy shit what a great idea man i never <laughs> even thought about that you know and so yeah i called her she did Two rehear- we did two rehearsals, mm-hmm. which for us wasn't, you know, we're used to not rehearsing. Yeah, but for that right. band, moving forward, we didn't really rehearse. When you play two or three times a weekend consistently with the same iteration of a band, you're getting your practice in. You know, like right. you get tight naturally no matter what. And it's and it's not like down here where you're taking constant requests. You know, yeah. it's, you kind of have a, a four hour of material that you just kind of play. Yeah, yeah I miss that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so she she came and we did a couple rehearsals and we did mm-hmm. the gig and it was uh, amazing and yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't the cleanest thing. Yeah, you know, you kind of hang in. It's again that is like that training too of jumping in and just kind of going for it. That has been really valuable in Nashville as well. You know yeah. <laughs> what I mean? Like. Yeah hanging in there just making it work everybody has to be listening to each other watching each other and just kind of making it happen and that's i mean that's a different skill set all on its own mm-hmm. yes you, yes it is you know that can't be taught yeah. no one can teach you how to do that and mm-hmm. um when Learned i by doing yeah and when i had joined that that cover band you know it was the first cover band i'd ever been a part of i'd been playing live and in bars for 10 years but it was all original music but it was all original stuff and right we rehearsed two times a week usually and we a couple of us all lived together so it was kind of you know we were always together we were you know the camaraderie was there Brothers. You know, my brother played guitar in the band um and when that band split up and i decided to go to college um i was in school for about a semester and then got the opportunity to join this cover band and um I auditioned, landed the audition and like the next week it was like hey cool this is where the gig is Nothing about rehearsal. Nice. <laughs> yeah. No set list. I didn't get anything sent to me, you know, and I was still new to even, you know, studying music. So right. that ability to be able to, you know, when you're playing jazz, your ears are constantly open. You have to listen. Right. There's no, you know, the melody's all in the horns. So I remember like being my f- in school for the first little bit and being like, where did the melody stop and the solo began? You know? Right. <laughs> you know, because right. there was no singer. Is this to- the A section? Yeah, What's yeah, going on here? Yeah, you just, you know, so so I was still in that phase of studying music. And so like showing up on a gig completely unrehearsed and being like, sweet, we're going to play for four hours and yeah. I'm just going to call tunes. What if yeah. I don't know it? Well, that's fine. You'll fucking figure it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll feed you the groove. You'll figure it out. And that band too, it's, you know, it's kind of a jam band, you know, like the lead guitar player is so good and she had studied jazz in college so you know it it's a loose loose type band anyway you know like it never really and we always we would take requests you know sometimes those ended up being the best the best tunes that we would end up keeping then but yeah you just you figure it out and 
that's just the kind of nature of that specific cover band. Like, all right, we're going to try this. Let's go. You know, here's the groove. Figure it out. See, that's always been my favorite dynamic. And I don't get to do that ever anymore. And it's so sad. Yeah. Like, I play with some of the best musicians in the world. And they're so stuck to trying to make everything as cookie cutter as possible so that everybody's comfortable that nobody's really playing music. They're just reproducing. It's a little less... There's less room for creative ideas, so... Especially when you have a constant rotating door. Yeah. yeah. When you're playing consistently with a group, mm-hmm. it's really easy. We we would do tunes... I mean, shit, that ver- our version of Tennessee Whiskey that that band does has never played the same way twice. Never done the nice. same way twice. The arrangement of that thing, whatever is happening one night, we might throw a stop in some random place because I'm feeling it or one of the other people are feeling mm-hmm. it. But the thing about that is when you play consistently with a group... Everyone feels that stop coming a mile away. Yes, mm-hmm. you don't even have to. It's just in the way someone hits the guitar. It's in the way that you know that the that I'm building or the drums are being built. They all know that if I'm gonna stop, I'm just spoon feeding it to them. Right, mm-hmm. and they feel it coming, and you know they know where it's at. And that's yeah. such a fun dynamic. I mean, being able to yeah. be. Like, if you want to take a hard left, you know everybody's coming with you because mm-hmm. you're driving. Yeah. And they've all accepted that. Like, it's all understood. And, man, I haven't had that in a long yeah. time. It's, yeah. it's awesome. It's it's an awesome group to play with. We miss them a lot. Um, they were one of the hardest things to leave when we decided to make the move. That was, that was tough. You know, especially for me, that was the first band I had ever sung in. And they became, you know, my best friends. They're all in our wedding party. You know, every single one. We've got the whole band. Um, you know, he like coming from a background of playing in bands for years, he had been through numerous bands at that point, you know what I mean? And he just kind of saw it as like, that's kind of the nature of life. You know, you have a band and then it breaks up and you move on to the next project. But for me, that was like, that was really heartbreaking. It's like the first love. The first love. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when your first love is so awesome. (laughs) You know, such a good situation. Yeah. It's not like being a 15 year old and being in your first band. You're right. You're like, we're all shit. We're all kind of crappy. And we know we're shit, but we don't even care because what's happening is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. I just really wish it was good enough to get paid for. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially coming from original music. You know, no one's getting paid to do that much in that area. Like at all. You know, maybe you're making a bit of a door, but really you're just playing for the love of it. Yeah, if you break even, it's a good night. Exactly. Oh, shit. I mean, even if we did get paid, dude, it was everything went back into the band fund. Mm -hmm. You know, no one one walked away with money. Right. So it was like a good night, even if we made 500 bucks or whatever from the door. It was like, hey, cool. Now we can order some new T-shirts. Right. (laughs) You know, like that was kind of what it was. So, um yeah, so I don't know that that was interesting too. Joining a cover band for the first time and getting you know, paid and getting paid and not not even asking about money. Like I didn't even that wasn't even a thing that came to my mind. Like we just finished the gig, and and Carrie the band leader handed me a hundred dollars and I was like, oh right, you guys get paid to play. Like <laughs> I I didn't even think about it. I'm totally a life. professional yeah. now. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, it was this random thing. Right. Yeah. It's like, There's something so cool about getting paid to do what you really love to do with people that you enjoy playing with. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a privilege. It's a really really cool privilege. That's that's the goal, right? Like that's what all that's what we're all out here hustling for. It is, and after you've done it for a while, it starts getting harder and harder not to take it for granted and mm-hmm. like just expect it. And it, I mean. It's usually when I'm talking to friends and they're like, dude, you play music for a living. Why are you upset? I'm like, well, because I only made 150 and I'm used to making 250 at that gig. That's why I'm mad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to 
keep it in a context until you're like, oh, well, I'm not working at Best Buy anymore, so mm-hmm. that's a plus. Yeah. Yep, yeah. that's real. Yeah, you know, you, you get to do this thing that so many people want to do, mm-hmm. and it's just, um, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to go out there and, you know, struggle and and try and find the gigs and, and, and find your way. Yeah, of, and that's kind of been you know moving to Nashville. You know that's kind and of and then there's the you know. the whole unknown aspect. Like you might have a gig right now, and it's gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You I never mean, know. yeah, yeah. Look at look at all the bands that played Paradise. Oh, and right. they got yeah. like they got told the day it closed that it was closing, and yeah. they didn't have a gig anymore. Yeah, so like we have a couple of our good friends. They played there consistently. Yeah. They were playing there every weekend. So Josh, Josh and Angel, he knows Josh. And oh Angel. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. That's that's and it's brutal. Specifically rough on them because as a couple that plays together, like mm-hmm. they're not just losing out on one gig, they're losing out on two gigs per gig. Yeah. Yes. Like it's twice the pay that they're Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, that's brutal. And I mean that's not a situation obviously that happens all the time. But no. losing a gig is like mm-hmm. Right. Like I've It's I've, a dog eat dog world out there. And but, like every decision leads into it. So mm-hmm. like this last year I did a lot more road stuff. And because I was gone, and when people would call, I had to say no. Now that I'm back, they've got people. They've yeah. got a whole new list of drummers that they call. And then if they get to the bottom of that, they might think of me. But, like, I took myself off their list. Yeah. So, like, every decision you make impacts everything. And it's, yeah, you've I found gotta that. got to keep that in mind. I found that to be pretty interesting. Like, through the summer, I was doing doing some more Broadway stuff with you know we we were kind of filling in for some people and starting to get our feet a little wet downtown and and I had you know some other people like tossing me just stuff here and there with other mm-hmm. with other artists and starting to get texts from people that were like hey man are you available to do this like on more of a consistent basis and then I took a road gig and yep. it was like two or three Fridays in a row I was out on the road and like a couple artists would be like hey man you, you want to come play no nah, I'm not I'm not in town man sorry and that was it you know it's like I have noticed that if you just tell them no nah, I'm already booked uh, it doesn't hit the same. <laughs> like, if you don't tell them you're out of town, then they think you're going to be in town for the next yeah. game. There you go. Okay. So just tell them you're booked. Don't the tell them you're leaving or you're out of town. or Don't give them any details. Just, ah, oh, man, I'm booked. That's a quality piece of advice there, kids. <laughs> but I learned that the hard way. <laughs> All right. So you guys were playing in a cover band. You decide to make the move to Nashville. Like, you, you've, you've decided on it. It's going to be a thing. What was the first step in planning that move? Like, what what did you guys want to figure out first? Oh man, I mean that was uh, that was a couple years in the making. Eli did so much research. He reached out to so many artists and just you know just started networking and asking advice. You I know, mean, that was that finding was... out what the expectation was. You know, what is it? What's it really like to gig in Nashville? What does it really take? to make a living how do i go about this yeah i mean that's how we met you know Mm -hmm. it was you know you were a random dude that popped up on my ad friends list and you were playing drums and it said you lived in nashville and on your picture so like it was (laughs) this guy looks all right i'll ask him questions yeah Yeah, you know that's kind of what it was and i'm i'm not a shy individual so i have no problem and but and that stems from years of trying to book an original band on tours and stuff like that and you know just cold hitting up people networker supreme yeah so so yeah it was you know i had decided i wanted to move to nashville when i was when i was probably 24 or 25 like when i first started college mm-hmm. and i had like made that decision that i wanted to do it but while i could have while i could have moved when i was 24 and then spent probably the next four or five years like getting better 
yeah. was what I would have done. Uh, I decided to go to college and, uh, you know, and the four years I spent in school, the amount I grew as a player, you know, having, Astronomical. Yeah, having some guidance um, made that decision, you know, moving in my late twenties rather than like my mid twenties, it made it all the more worth it right. because I was able to jump in and just like be confident sitting in on a gig and someone just calling tunes and they're like, do you know this song? I don't know what it is. What's the groove? Give me the groove. Right. You know, yeah. okay, cool. I can play a shuffle. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and anything weird in the bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cue but, me. Al- but also like, <laughs> but also like getting like the Broadway standard list. Like it's out there. If you're looking for it, ask any musician in Nashville. They've probably got that Broadway standard list, you know, and he did so much work ahead of time trying to learn this, learn this music, learn the rep that he was going to be expected to know at the drop of a hat. Yeah, and those lists are always interesting because, like, I had gotten them from a couple, you know, a couple people. Like, Josh was one of the first, you know, McAfee was one of the first guys I reached out to because he was from, you know, our our area. 419. (laughs) And and he's been so amazing. I mean, that guy I can't thank enough. Like, he's helped me in so many ways, and he's been great. And, um, you know, but, like, him sending me that list and was like, okay, here you go, bud. Like, here's this list of, like, 300 fucking tunes. Uh You know, buckle down and start learning. And that was that was pretty much it. And so, like, I, it was probably about two years before we mm. the move really got. Well, we serious. had like COVID. We had quarantine to get through, you know, and yeah. that put a big like pause and like question mark around the whole thing. So, just like everybody else, you know, COVID threw everybody through a loop and kind of readjusted some plans. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, it was it was years of of networking and reaching out to people and just mm-hmm. trying to gather as much advice and learning all these all these you know quote unquote. Broadway standard tunes you know and just trying to be as prepared as possible so that when I got here it was kind of all right sweet I'm here to hit the ground running you know and right. and and I've been very fortunate I think we got here at a very good time I mean yeah we had talked about it and, and you and even McAfee were kind of like yeah, it'll be about a year before you're really starting to like see some shit happen mm-hmm. you know and I mean, hell, I was here for two weeks and Angel, you know, Angel needed a drummer, you know, and thankfully I knew Josh and he was like, all right, kid, I'll give you a chance. Here we go. Right. You know, and show me what you got. Yeah. And, you know, and it was cool. We had a great time and, and mm-hmm. you know, I put in the work on those gigs and, and it was, we, and we had a good time and it was an, it was a nice introduction into mm-hmm. Nashville, especially playing with someone that, you know, you're friends with, you know, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, and just for sure. being a little more comfy with. And when you came in, like, because of COVID, a lot of guys left town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were a lot of openings. There was a lot of situations where, like, you could get in early and you could, you know, have that chance to just, like, be a new guy and get called. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that, I'm sure that played a big part in it and got you some work pretty early on, too. Yeah, yeah. it really did. I mean, we we went down to the Bowie's Jam. Mm-hmm. They have an open jam, you know, and that was a big thing that we heard, like, go to open jams, you know, meet musicians, meet mm-hmm. people, like, get your name out there, get your voice, get your, get your skills out in front of people who might want to work with you in the future. So um, that's where we really met, like, our initial contacts that, like, we started working with and filling in for, so... Yeah, and again, just just actually meeting people. You meeting know? Right. people, and, like and, and, you cannot be shy. You ha- you just have to meet people and shake hands and show them what you have. You know, you got to have the skills to back it up, but you also have to be willing to hobnob. 
Yeah, that that's that's my biggest issue as an introvert. Like, yeah. I'm not good at meeting randoms, and I'm yep. not good at just showing up at gigs and being like, "Hey, I'm a drummer. Mind if I've set in? Yeah, you know, anything like that. Like, all that makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah. So, like, that's that's been a big part of several stalls in my career and something that I've just got to kind of work through because it is it's absolutely necessary like the people skills is definitely I'd say probably one of the top five skills you have to have Mm -hmm. to be successful and we're both extroverts so yeah we're definitely both extroverts (laughs) but like I I have benefited from being with Eli because I didn't have those like those skills really and like the sense of a band scene so you know he's just kind of dragged me along I've had the skills to back it up but he's just been like here you go (laughs) you know so um, I'm very fortunate in that aspect I picked the right partner (laughs) I mean that's that's what you got to do though it's just like you know I'm I'm thankful to be an extrovert I'm thankful that I uh, that I'm not shy to walk up to someone random man I was I was in Waffle House picking us up breakfast the other day and I heard out of earshot these two people were sitting there he had a tune I heard the tune mm-hmm. he's got the guy's got a tune listen up and he was an older guy sounded like a producer working with an artist and it took everything in my power not to just walk over there and be like hey tune sounds really good I'm Eli here's my business card yeah right. I, I didn't do it <laughs> but I really wanted to you know and but that's just that's see in the inverse to that is like I would want to do it but there's no way I would ever yeah. Yeah. So, and I would know that and I would think about it and I would run through scenarios in my head about how that's going to get me the biggest gig I've ever had and then I'd just walk out the door sure <laughs> yeah um, you kind of have to feel those situations out like there's a time and a place to be like the cocky guy that's like here's my card and there's a time and a place to know that like you're a little out of your depth and maybe you shouldn't be passing out your <laughs> card to someone who did not ask for it right like, <laughs> well yeah yeah you have that run through your head but some mm-hmm. of the largest you know some of the biggest gigs in the world have been landed uh, the, the famous you know the Jaco Pistorius you know like his mm-hmm. his story about how he landed in Weather Report have you ever heard this story I have not so Weather Report was playing and somehow he got backstage and he was like 24 years old and and he walked up to to the band he leader. He swaggered up. Yeah, like walked up to the band leader at the time and he goes, "Hey man, I'm Jaco Pastorius. I'm the greatest bass player in the world." Nice. And like they hired him. They hired <laughs> him and he, awesome. he kind of was. Yeah, you know, but same thing with Bonham and Robert Plant, you know, Bonham wa- saw Robert Plant singing and walked up to Robert Plant and was like, "Hey man, you sound real good. You sound a hell of a lot better with me playing behind you though." Mhm. Nice. And you know, just like those like what fucking nuts to walk right? up to somebody and do those that. Those are some serious cojones. Yeah, you know, and like but that's what you got to have. You got to be confident but not cocky. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's part of be- It's a fine line to walk. Yeah. Well, and especially in a city where everybody is good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to run into a bad player. So on many Broadway. proficient players. And, yeah. and so it becomes like, all right, well, we know you can play because you're here. Mm-hmm. What else can you offer? Yeah. Like, are, are you cool to hang out with? Are you fun on stage? Do you yeah. have a positive energy? Or are you going to make me feel like I suck, even yeah. though I've been doing this my whole life? Like, yeah. like what else do you offer? No it's, one it's, wants to work with people they don't want to work with. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, if you're a buzzkill or you're a jerk, like, no one wants to work with right. you. Now, in a small town, yeah, because you're limited options. Yeah. If you're the best singer in town and you're a jerk, you're the best singer in town so yeah. we're gonna play with you but like, which is unfortunate you know what i mean like be cool like have the skills but don't be a jerk about it and everybody on broadway talks so if you're a jerk one time yeah. it's <laughs> all over every gig yeah. finder facebook page the next day about mm. don't hire this guy took him yep. 48 minutes to pay me instead of 35 like he promised yeah right <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, it's easy to get blacklisted. That's definitely what we've heard. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's just that's just the nature of it. It's a small it. world. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's a large city, but it's not like the community. You know, it's like a music community is always tight-knit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, everyone, it's, it's always that third degree of separation. You know, mm-hmm. everybody that you meet knows someone else that you know. You know, oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of how it is. And, and um, but I'll say, like, as uncomfortable as it is to go up on stage with random people, like, just like you said, there's so many great players here mm-hmm. that when it's like, you get to go up on stage with different people. Like, what a, what an amazing thing, too. Oh, it is. To get to play with so many different cats all the time Yeah, that are incredible. And it's like, you know, you kind of have to be a chameleon, you know, especially mm-hmm. as a drummer. You know, you're, like, playing with different bass players constantly, and you're like, okay, what kind of drummer do I need to be right. for this gig because of this bass player? I inherently like to sit on the back end of a of a beat. I like to dig in. I like to I like to kind of groove, you know, groove on the back yeah. end of it, you know. And that's something I've had to fix a little bit because Broadway is so right front of the beat. Yeah, front of the beat and push it forward, you know, and like you've got to sit on top of the beat and really really try and drive the song forward. Um so it's like, you know, and, and I occasionally will find a bass player that really likes to lay back. Mm-hmm. Where I, and I'm like, cool, this feels nice. This feels really nice. And then, you know, but then, you know, in the first two tunes, right, you got to find a, you got to find where this bass player likes right. to sit. And you're like, cool, here we go. I got to, I got to be with this guy. Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, that's been, uh, that's been a, a amazing, interesting, terrifying, awesome experience, you know. And that's the thing, like, you get so many different experiences playing with so many different people that from from an improvement and an education standpoint like there, there's almost no better way to figure out what kind of musician you're going to be yeah because you have to be everything and you can figure it out immediately well and it's in its real world experience yeah you know and like we'll say you know like going through music school right like both of us went through music school um and you know even her coming out of music school you know being not really knowing right like yeah what the hell am i gonna do yeah i've got this voice and i've got all this knowledge and education you know, yeah and and just singing for drunkards at a karaoke bar, <laughs> bar anything to know? numb the pain right. you know <laughs> right. singers gotta sing yeah and and just like you know being lost but but again you go to school and they don't they don't teach you those skills right yeah unless you're going to like a business specific music school you know that really hits on the entrepreneurship side hard which there are programs out there you know if that's something you're looking for i would definitely recommend seeing what your music program offers in that kind of realm and i think more music schools are starting to implement that into the curriculum like that is clearly there's clearly a need for that especially in this like digital world oh yeah where anybody can be producing their own music you can be publishing your own music online you know you do not have to pay for studio space you can get some really good quality recordings in your home studio setup and upload it on spotify you know yeah um look at like Billie eilish mm-hmm. you know like she made that album in her bedroom yeah, you know it was her and her brother right? her and her brother yeah. yeah and so and now she's Billie eilish right and so, yeah, like, you know, all the benefits of, of going to school for music and, and all that that has to offer, you know, so many of those kids come out of there, these just absolute monster of players with no fucking idea what to do they with it. They have no right. idea how to perform. They and have no like, idea how to play. Me being an older student and not going to college at 18, but going at 24 and spending mm-hmm. the 10 years prior playing in original bands and booking and being out in the scene and figuring out how to do it. 
that just kind of kept on going once I got right. into school. But then my skills just got better and better and better, you know. So, like, I developed the playing aspect of it more after I had kind of developed that real world knowledge of how to book gigs mm. and and really get out there and do it. And but man, like you know, going into my senior year, oh, Jesus, I had so many kids every week coming up. Hey man, how do you get a gig? Hey man, how do you get a gig? You know, and it's just like to me, it seemed like common knowledge. It's like, well, just reach out to some people, right? But they don't. No one understands that if you've never done it. You're not like, wait, I can just hit up a bar and tell them this is the amount of money that I want, and then they they might book me and yeah. pay me what I asked yep. for, you know, it's like, yeah, dude, that's gotta just shoot your shot, man. That's all yeah, you can do. Shoot you know? Your shot. And so, so yeah, you know, you've got, you've got all these skills coming out of there. And so, and so like playing, you know, to piggyback like down on, you know, like playing down on Broadway, it's like those skills that you learn in the real world, mm-hmm. real music playing, you know, um, not in a controlled collegiate environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just doing it and just being out there and doing it and like that Broadway offers so much of that and I mean you just really got to figure out quickly what the hell you're doing mm-hmm. you know it's always well I mean you'll, you'll learn pretty quick if Broadway's for you or not <laughs> like, yeah if you if you absolutely hate it then you're gonna absolutely hate it 100% like there's yeah. there's no eh, it's all right it's like a you can do this or you can't do this yeah yeah, but it's always a funny experience just walking down there and being like, oh, hey, hi, I'm Eli. Hi, nice to meet you. Cool, you guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then we're in. I played with some guy tonight. I don't remember his name. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know, but you never, yeah, you just, yeah. you never know who or, you're Or you get to the end of the gig and, you know, you're talking to somebody and they're like, man, that fiddle player was pretty good. Was, well, yeah, that's why he plays for Carrie Underwood. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> yeah. so, that makes sense. Yeah. We're yeah. Cool. Or if it's the opposite, and it's like, man, that drummer, he's a little rough. Oh, yeah, well, he's been on the road with so-and-so, and it's like, oh. <laughs> well, maybe I should try for that gig. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you get to Nashville. You've done all this research. You've got a pretty good idea of what you're walking into. What's the first thing that you notice where you're like, oh, I didn't expect that? Hmm, good question. I think I wasn't prepared for... I wasn't prepared to be a female in the city, you know, and, you know, you start getting this advice from other women specifically initially, um, just kind of talking about like what it's like to really be a female in this city and dealing with people who are just going to kind of talk down to you or dismiss you because you're a female musician or artist. Um, There's just a lot more. I don't know. It's, I don't want to say it's like easier for guys because it's not easy to make it in this city, you know, for anybody. But I think I just wasn't prepared when like I had these women being like, oh yeah, it's kind of a sexist industry down here. So just be ready for that. And I was like, oh (laughs) yeah, that was, that was disappointing to me, but also not really surprising either. You know, I've had a vagina for a long time. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do know what it's about. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it wasn't really much of anything. You did your research. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I was, I mean, hell, yeah, I mean, you and I had been talking for a, right. about a year before I even got here. You know, we'd kind of been talking, you know, every couple, hell, days, it seemed like at that point, you know, right. just, hey, sorry to bug you again, Bobby, I got this question, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like, I, I wasn't, pre- I wasn't like unprepared. I felt very prepared coming to town. I had put the work in on the tunes and, and I was pretty ready, uh, pretty ready for it, um, I don't think I guess like the biggest thing was like playing on gigs and realizing that the album 
tempo is not the tempo that's going to be played. Right. That was probably the biggest thing when mm-hmm. I would count a tune in and people would be like, you know, pick mm-hmm. it up. What are you doing? Let's go. And it's like, well, uh, that's the tempo of the tune on the record, man. Sorry. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't Everything's know. Everything's just a little bit faster uh, yeah. on downtown. <laughs> so I guess that was that was kind of something that, that I wasn't, that, that I'm still even, like, you know, having to, like, catch myself on and be like, okay, you know, you know notch this up a couple couple BPMs mm-hmm. from the records, you know? Um, so I would say, like, that that's probably the thing that I was, that was the most surprising to me. But, again, if you're wanting to move down here, do your research. Network, network. Right. Figure it out. Do so the work. There, there were two big things for me that I realized. One is a Broadway gig is still just a bar gig. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. it's very much just a bar gig. Like still just playing for a bunch of really drunk people. After you've done it four or five times and that whole prestige of being a Nashville musician kind of wears off, it's just, it, it's a bar gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the band situation's a little weird and funky, but it's bar mm-hmm. and you play the gig. And then the second one is like the record means like everybody plays it on Broadway and not like the record. Yeah. <laughs> right. Every song's got four or five endings that potentially could right. could be it's like R.L. Stein's pick your own ending kind of thing, you know, right. where it's like you, you don't know they're going to you just have to keep your ears open and pay attention. Be prepared. One for of the big ones for me uh Beer Never Broke My Heart. Sure. Like the record it's just that hard stop. Yeah. And then like there's probably 15 different endings on Broadway of where they like do these weird hits at the end or it's like it's nobody actually ends it like the record. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I guess, I guess, yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing, mm-hmm. especially my first couple gigs figuring out the Broadway arrangements. Right. Mm-hmm. So you say that and now, yes, that is a good point. Yeah. And having done a bunch of like the stuff that you do on Broadway and again, like our very tight, consistent cover band that we came from how we do things and having to kind of reframe and be like oh maybe that's just how we did it maybe that's not actually how the song goes you know maybe that was just our arrangement that's tricky had a lot of moments like that where i would have i would have gotten in a fist fight with somebody because i knew i was right yeah Yeah. and then i listen to the song and i'm like i've never heard this song in my life yeah right you you, you (laughs) just learned the tune on broadway right yeah especially those tunes that like they get requested and so you just kind of do them and then you just keep doing in it like the way that you just kind of pulled it out of your ass like uh-huh. and then you're like oh yeah we did not play that right but you know kind of it just kind of becomes the arrangement that you do then because that's how it got pulled out yeah that initial time and that's always and that's been that's been tricky too for some of them i had to like relearn um carrie underwood yeah what uh, before he cheats before he cheats mm. i had to like go back through and listen to that song because we had played it back in ohio i mean at a way faster way tempo. Faster. Yeah. We just drive that song. Yeah, than what they do on the record. See, and I feel like it needs to be like that. Like we agree. That, that's <laughs> that's my natural tendency too. And almost every time I count that song off, somebody's it's way too fast. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I yeah, I've I had to go back through and like really sit with that song so that my like ingrained 
tempo in my head that had been played for years and right. years at this like quicker tempo mm-hmm. was no longer there so that I could feel it yeah. like the record version. Because we were predominantly like a classic rock kind of cover band. Yeah. But like, you know, you want a little bit of everything for whatever kind of crowd you're in front of. So Before He Cheats was like our token country tune that we did, you know, <laughs> nice. so we did it really, we did it like almost every gig. Like once we learned that tune, it got pulled out all the time because you've always got someone who wants to hear a country tune. Plus it's Before He Cheats. So everybody loves that song you know having three females in the band you know a nice you know powerful Mm -hmm. you know woman anthem yeah uh, yeah. standard and expected yeah yeah so it was always fun to do that one but yeah that uh it gets ingrained in you yeah because you play it so many times yeah and so there's there was a there was a couple tunes that definitely like took a little bit of being like oh shit i need to go back and re-listen to this Mm -hmm. thing and figure out where the actual tempo is because I mean, they're playing it way too fast. Or uh, Sublime, we play really slow back yeah. home. <laughs> nice. Like we, we make that like the ultimate stoner tune. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> it really sits in the in the pocket mm-hmm. and uh, on the back back end of the back pocket. end. But um, but yeah. So yeah, that was definitely yeah. Learning those different Broadway arrangements is oh has been a that's been a little weird thing. And yep. then having to coach people through her arrangements too while on stage. Oh, I bet that's yeah. been. F- that's been interesting and fun all in its own right yeah. because things that we play that are Broadway standards or that are normally down here, you know, everyone does that stop and before he cheats coming out of the, uh, going into the last chorus, mm-hmm. right? You know, that stop happens when she does it, when we do her arrangement of it, but it happens in the same spot, just the second pass through. Mm, gotcha. So like, that was a weird thing for me mm-hmm. when, when I learned where that stop in that last chorus was, where it's like the Broadway version and then like the Grace Heart version where it's, the same it's the same spot just on the second pass so it doesn't happen in this in the same exact spot um mm-hmm. so yeah like that was that was an interesting thing but um yeah. but then like being on stage and doing arrangements of her tunes and and things that plus did. tunes that i do that nobody else does you know yeah. like i have not successfully had a band to be able to pull off um, magic man by heart here yet you know what i mean we've had some attempts and some of them have been okay but you know it's just not an easy tune to pull out of your butt so unless you know the musicians can be like hey you really need to look at this one you really need to look at what's the janice joplin tune peace of my heart peace of my heart you know what i mean they're just not standard tunes that your average singer on broadway is doing right so and and they're just i mean and they're they're tough tunes to yeah to pull off yeah I mean, all you've, around you've got to kind of rehearse those ones yeah you know? even coming from a band that didn't generally rehearse those were tunes that we rehearsed we figured out how to play them because we wanted to do them mostly we learned those for like bigger shows that we were trying to like show up and show off and then yeah it's like cool we're doing a half hour rather than four hours so we're just gonna sit and let her wail her face off yeah for, hit them hard right. just hammer them for half an hour yeah here's all these wicked impressive vocal tunes mm-hmm. that we're just gonna you know just gonna do so um yeah, so that's that's been kind of an interesting thing to um, um, keeping people on their toes. We you know when we get the chance to do gigs together, which doesn't happen. Yeah, as much as we'd like, but yeah, you know. but that's the goal because having him up there, you know, when since I do have some different arrangements of things and I do have some tricky tunes, he's such a good director. You know what I mean? If we're playing with new musicians that we haven't really played with before, I can just be like, "All right, we're gonna do this. Keep your eye on Eli. I'm not gonna be able to cue you for this stuff because I'm I'm distracted." Okay, but like, right. if you get lost, if you feel like you're in the shit. Eli's going to get you back on. He knows where we are and he's going to tell you how to get back to it. So keep your eye on him if you're worried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there always needs to be at least one person, whether it's 
a random group of people or an established band, like there, there's got to be the one guy that's kind of got got his finger on the pulse and can yep direct and let you know when you get because everybody does it. Everybody has that moment where they're like, oh. Where are we? Yeah, shit falls apart. That's it's live music, right? Like whatever can go wrong is gonna go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the beauty of live music. It's not a recording. You know, things right. aren't always gonna sound perfect, and sometimes things go weird, and you have to trust the musicians on stage with you to pick up where you fucked up and fix it. You know what right. I mean? And like try and get back to like square one again. Yeah, that's uh, that, that can definitely you know. And I've always said like as long as we start together and hopefully stop at least close together yeah. right. and we didn't have to stop in the middle of the tune and start yeah. over it was all right but that comes back to like oh you're playing on broadway it's just a bar gig you're just playing right. for a bunch of drunk people and especially on broadway people are so drunk mm. i can't tell you like we've played with bands that are just thrown together and people come up afterwards they're like what's your band name you guys are so tight and i was like i met these guys a half an hour ago you know right. what i mean like i just met these guys we don't have a band name um and no we're not tight but thank you for having <laughs> dumb ears because that helps us <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well and that's that's the thing too that i don't think a lot of non-musicians understand they that don't. like the minimum skill requirement is way lower than you think it is mm-hmm. yeah yep. and like like once you have that you can play yep like you need to get better and mm-hmm. you need to you know care about your ability but like once you hit that minimum point like you need to be on stage yeah because that's where you're going to learn the most absolutely oh for sure and like real world experience right so if anybody's listening and they're just starting to play music like as soon as you can get on stage get on stage Mm -hmm. yeah go to those open jams find meet someone and see if you can sit in with them you know you just have to do it it's a learn by doing situation definitely there's no other way to figure out nashville and if you run into the guy that's going to give you a hard time and look down on you for being new, just get past it and go find somebody else. Because yeah. there's plenty of nice people that are more than happy to help. You're In just our experience, Nashville few. musicians have been so supportive and accommodating. Like, people want to see you eat, too. You know what right. I mean? There's plenty of pie to go around in this city. It's... There's so many bars. There's so many time slots. Like there are people that want to help you up because they had people that helped them up. Right. Lord knows when I'm in a position to help someone up, heck yeah, I'm going to help someone up. I can't help anybody up. I'm still trying to get people to help me up. You know what I mean? But like, if there ever comes a time when I'm in that position to do that for someone else, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. There's tons of amazing people and that are more than happy to help. And then there's a very small minority of the people that still have the mindset of like, this is mine. Mm -hmm. And Fortunately, a lot of them are hitting that retirement age, so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's fewer and fewer out playing, and it's a lot of newer guys that understand and are more than happy to help. And They were new, too, once. Well, in a city like this, too, it's like there is enough to go around. Oh, yes. yes. Everyone can eat. Everyone can play. You know, it's like... And that's the thing that we found, and in, in, in that's been, a, like, an awesome and, kind of, and surprising thing, you know, coming from an odd competitive cover band market yeah. where we come from. Like Toledo mm-hmm. has a th- really thriving music scene. It's it's predominantly cover band stuff, but there's a lot of bars that like cover bands. You know, they like live music and it, it can be. There's sometimes there's some weird competition going around in the city and yeah, there's really no need for it. But yeah, Toledo's odd for that. And, you know, and, and always, you know, are the band we were playing in we you know 
2016 to 2020 we were voted best band in Toledo all four years you know yeah. and that was what you, I was with him for four and you were with him for three mm-hmm. so like you know it was kind of just like playing in a band that was like the sought after band mm-hmm. in, right in that city of still a thriving scene but so much smaller you yeah know, such right. a smaller music scene but but still thriving you know that it was kind of like there was, it was so much competition mm-hmm. and a lot of just people being like why the fuck did they get the gig and why this and that yeah and that should have been my gig and that should have mm-hmm. been our gig or whatever that should have been our title like yeah and not it and they're not they're not, and you know they're not wrong there's no reason like there are so many good bands like we did come from a great band like i am proud of like what we did but you know that band doesn't need any more titles they don't need to get not they don't need to win best band anymore you know yeah. what i mean like, and there are i mean incredible there's some really great bands there's some great singers there's some great players like yeah there's a bunch of really good really solid cover bands you do not need you also don't need to go to nashville to hear great live music right. so don't think that just because you're in a smaller city or a smaller town that the live musicians that are playing at those bars couldn't be just as successful in Nashville. Like you do not have to go to Nashville to hear good live music. You can hear live music in your crappy small town, no matter where you are. Like there are good musicians out there. Well, that's the thing that I noticed too. And I guess this was kind of a pretty big surprise is like, just because I played in Nashville, it's like my worth as a musician skyrocketed. Oh yeah. It's hysterical. It's like, I played the same thing two weeks ago in Paducah, Kentucky, and nobody cared. Yeah. But because I played in Nashville, like, it's a big thing now. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, so I like I grew up in a town of 1,800 people. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, you know, really small, like, hometown. And so it's the constant, you know, your parents met in high school and got married and had you, and then right. you married the girl that you fell in love with in high school and, and had kids. And you all stay there. And you all stay there, and the circle just continues. So, like, Which is nothing wrong with. No, if you're happy, be happy. That's, but breaking that's awesome. out of the mold is shocking to people. Yeah, and it's just like immediately, it's like, oh, fuck, man, you moved to Nashville, you fucking made it. It's like, <laughs> no, nope. no, I haven't, <laughs> nope. man. I'm just paying a lot higher rent and right. hoping and wishing a little harder. And starting <laughs> from the bottom instead of being at the top, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, coming from coming from Toledo where you're like, a, you know, where you're top of the game, top of top call list. And if, you know, you're getting called for gigs all the time, yeah. you know, no shortage of gigs. Yeah. And I mean, we we loved it. And we, we played did. all the time, and we had an amazing time being on stage together there, and the mm-hmm. band was incredible. And again, you know, you know, we had touched on, you know, talking about these incredible females up on stage, right? Just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. I always said that I was like, it's, you know, I was like, you know, me and the bass player, um, it was one of my best friends, and him and I for like the last three years that we were in Toledo, like everything I did was with him. Yeah, it was amazing. Didn't matter if it was with that band or another band or whatever mm-hmm. gig, we were always together playing, which was an incredible experience. But I was always just like, you just drop a fucking curtain down in front of us because no one gives a shit about yeah, us too right. back here. You know, We'd play at bars that we like would drink for free at and like him or the bass player would go up and they'd ask for a beer and they'd want to charge them. They're like, no, we're we're in the band. <laughs> you know, like, but no one knows because they see three females up in stage and they don't right. care about the rhythm section. Ooh, pretty girls playing guitars yeah. and singing. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, we're going to go ahead and take our intermission right here. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the story so far. It's been a lot of fun for me. We've got a whole lot more coming up in the next half, which will debut next week. Um, Real quick, 
all of my socials you can find under story of bob i would love to know what you're thinking of the podcast so far um any comments you have any suggestions or improvements you'd like me to make that would be fantastic um if you don't mind please leave us a rating on whatever platform you are listening to this on all the ratings help tremendously um we're doing fantastic with the podcast we have hit every goal that i've laid out for myself so far and i hope to continue that trend so i guess until next time guys it's never too late to tip your bartender and do not forget to tip your band